0: Sidman Church and those viewing online let us have our lighting of candles. Please stand and join in singing My Hope is Built in the hymnal is number 404. Today from 5 to 7 there is a TCBY meeting, on the 22nd church council meeting after church, and on the 26th there is Bible study here at 11, and that is on a Thursday. For the charge there is a combined worship service at Dunlow followed by church conferences on November 5th, and on November 19th the Forest Hills Ministerium Thanksgiving service at Dunlow at 3 o'clock. Are there any other announcements? If there are none, let us stand for the affirmation of faith, and it will be a responsive reading from Psalm 19, verses 7 through 14. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple.
1: The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to The commands of the Lord are made, giving light to the eyes.
0: The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous.
2: They are more precious than gold, than much more gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb.
0: By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward.
1: But who can discern their own heirs,
2: Forgive my hidden
0: faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression.
2: May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my
1: redeemer.
0: Please be seated.
1: Amen.
0: And you can start looking for your favorite hymn, so when we call for that later, sure. we can have one. And will the children please come forward? For the children's message. Good morning,
3: everybody. What are you guys doing this morning? That's good. All right. So I have a question for you. Has anybody ever heard of something called the Ten Commandments? know anything about the Ten Commandments? -hmm. Well, the Ten Commandments is in the Bible. And it's a set of rules that God gave us to follow. And here's a copy of them. Does anybody want to read number one? No, God more than anything else. Love God more than anything else. Can we read number two? Don't make anything more important than God. Don't make
1: anything
3: more important
1: than God. Always say, God with love and respect. Good. Good. Honor the Lord by resting on the seventh day of the week. Never hurt anyone. Always be faithful to your husband or wife. Don't take anything that isn't the Always tell the truth. Be happy with what you have. Don't wish for other people's things. Oh, we missed one. Love and respect your mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I was on um, so, some of these rules seem pretty easy to
3: follow. Some of them are hard. Like I love and respect your mom and dad. Sometimes that's that hard, huh? Never get mad at mom and daddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have another question for you. I have these two pictures. I'm going to show them to you. You're going to tell me what you think about them. Yeah, well, that's a okay. good You know who that is? That's Moses. And he's the guy who got the ten minutes from God, and he broke them on a the stone. And it tells you on this piece of paper where you can find out the Bible. What do you notice about these two pictures? Are they, are they the same are they're the same picture, right? What's different about them? Okay. One's neatly colored and yellow and is scroll. They have different colors. They
1: have
3: different colours. the person was that maybe colored this one two, two? do you think they were little yes and what about this one they were, older. they were older, right like seven not seven and six older so this here's why i showed you these pictures following these rules that we just talked about those 10 commandments it's kind of like staying in the line yeah when you're little is it easy to stay in the line no no same thing with following the rules. You're still kind of learning the rules, right? You're learning how to follow the rules. Maybe you don't want to stay in the lines. But when you're older, you have more practice, right? Is it easier to stay in the lines? Yeah. Yeah, so when you're older, same thing with the rules. The rules are supposed to be easier to follow the rules. But guess what? Sometimes people who are older act like this picture. They know how to stay in the lines, but they think, I don't have to follow the rules and I don't have to stay in the lines, and I don't have to do what God tells me to do. And sometimes it seems pretty fun to just do whatever you want to do. But what happens to your picture? It gets messy. Same thing happens with your life. If we don't follow God's rules, our life can get pretty messy. That's what he gave to us, to help our lives be better. So God wants us to try and follow the rules so that our lives work a little bit better. Right? Does that mean we're perfect and we're always gonna stay in the lines? No, nope, but God wants us to try our best. all right? So let's say a little prayer. Dear God, thank you so much that you gave us rules to follow to help us live a better life. Lord, we ask that we spend time thinking about those rules and ways that we can honor you. Amen. Lord, right, I have two things for you. Obviously, you your candy, but I also brought some extra covering sheets and some crayons if you would like to take them. Have the crayons and the coloring sheet, you can do that. Yeah, okay.
2: Let us pray.
1: <coughs>
2: Great and glorious God, you are wonderful in all your doings towards humanity. Accept our heartfelt thanks and praise for giving us life, for redeeming us when we were still an enemy, for persevering us to this day, for guiding us into your ways by your Holy Spirit, and for all the various kindnesses you have showered upon us all that we have has come from you lord and all that we can give you came from you already how can we ever love you enough or praise your name sufficiently for these and all your favors our minds are unable to conceive of the thank due you even for this gift of coming into your presence and speaking with you. We gather this morning in your presence to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our souls, what's on our spirits. So we offer prayers for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who have lost their way, for them to come to see the light before it's too late for them to make this decision. And we pray for the country of Israel that was under under attack. And they have stated that uh, they're in war against uh, Hamas. And of course, all that came about after $6 billion was given to Iran. We ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the members of the law enforcement, military, especially First Lieutenant Carl Smith. We pray for firefighters, first responders, EMTs. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our country, our community, and our church. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth, and continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the people's spirits while we were praying, let them say those names out loud, and then that will be followed by moments of silent prayer. Let's bring our prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Is there a favorite hymn someone
0: would like to sing to me? 381. 381. Please stand, if you are able, and join in singing Open My Eyes That I May See, number 381. Well the ushers come forward for a thousand offers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you
2: Our gracious, merciful God in heaven, we thank you to be able to gather in your presence this second Sunday of the month of October. We ask that you accept these tithes and gifts and and offerings that have been presented to you by the members of this congregation and being given to you now by these two young boys that we have in this church. We thank you for for all the blessings that you've given us, dear Lord, and we thank you for the uh, colder weather that we're uh, experiencing. I know some people don't, don't like it, but if we're in fall, and we thank you for that season, dear Lord. We ask that you accept these tithes, gifts, and offerings in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend, and all three of us said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Our reading today comes from the book of Matthew. We start on verse 33 and we go to verse 46. And I'm going to be explaining some things to you because this is a, uh, this, this happens, this happened uh, after Palm Sunday, before Thursday night, where Jesus tells three parables. And this is one of the, of the parables. And it's an allegory. And, I, and, and an allegory is a, is a story that has a hidden meaning. So I'm going to be explaining some of the parts to you as we, as we go along. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner. The landowner is God. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put up a wall around it, dug a winepress in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. The vineyard is Israel, and the tenant farmers are the Jewish leaders. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants, they beat one, killed another, and stole a third. Then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son. His son is Jesus. He sent his son. They will respect my son. The other other people that, that he sent were the prophets who were representatives of God who came to collect what was due. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do with those tenants? He will bring those wretched wretches to a wretched end. They replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give his share of the crop at harvest time. That giving it to to other people is the church. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. The words of God for the people. God, thanks be to God. So I call this taken away and given to others. There, there are times, there are times throughout uh, a congregation's life or pastor's life where it's up to the pastor to, uh, uh, to uh, give give me a message that is uh, unpleasant to the people in the congregation. This is, uh, you'll see as, as we go along why I uh, say that. Take it away and give it, give it to others. Today's sermon is not a reflection about you but it could be applied to you. We find today a parable that's written as an allegory. This parable was meant for the people who responded to the message of Jesus with scorn or threats, the leaders of the Jewish community. This parable speaks directly to the Jewish leaders, not the people of Israel. The parable of the wicked tenants, in, in its historical context, Can be applied to have a modern importance to the life of the church. The heart of this parable is the murder of the landowner's son, Jesus. The tenants didn't kill an ideal, a principle, or system, or belief. They killed the landowner's son. The tenants' constant rejections of the landowner's several attempts to stop their violent actions provides the momentum as it heads towards its judgment. It can be related to the perseverance of God's call to right living despite Israel's repeated rejection of God's messengers, the prophets. In the vineyard we find ourselves living in and working in today, we can see that the gospel is under attack we see that people are rejecting Jesus. There's an apathy towards Christianity. The rejection of Jesus, the parable tells us, applying it to today may be coming from not outside the church, but from within the church. There's the rub. Especially from the church leadership. It's not necessarily the leadership of this church or the leadership of the uh, circuit that we, we find ourselves in, or the uh, it, it, it's it's the leadership that that's at the top. We do have or we did get from the United Methodist Church three bishops who transferred over, uh, and one of the bishops is going to be there this next next weekend to uh, to talk to us, and uh, I can finally finally wear this robe because it's done. And uh, I got my letter on Tuesday, that the, the Monday or Tuesday, that I've been accepted, but I'm not being ordained until the springtime. And then because August, most of the churches were leaving in August and this meeting coming up this weekend in October, they didn't have time to face-to-face interviews. So I'm going to have to go through a face-to-face interview. I don't know if that means I have to drive all the way out there or whatever to have an hour interview with these people, but uh, I have to go. I have to go through that. That, That's a a standard. But it's the church leadership that could lead us astray, as we've seen with the United Methodists, who put us in that situation that we found ourselves in. In, in the end of October, will be, I think it's the end of October, or the next of the last week, two weeks from now, was the first time I presented the topic to you. You may have heard something about it, but it was the first time I presented the topic to you. There are churches where the topic was never given to them. The pastor kept their mouth shut. Why? I don't know. I bet you those pastors won't be in those churches next year. If those people want to disaffiliate those pastors will be will, will, will be will be moved. We we see it in in, in the, uh, everything. It's, it's the leadership that's doing it. It's the people who are being led that are finally standing up and saying, "No, we don't want this. No, we don't want that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do this." So it's not it's not something new that we're facing. We've been facing this for a long time. The attendance went up on 9, 9, 9, 11, after 9, 11, until Thanksgiving. Then it went back down to a pitiful level beforehand. What's it going to take to get people back into into church? If you're sitting there thinking it's my job, I have statistics for you. One out of ten new people coming into the church is brought in by the pastor. One, not nine the other nine is supposed to be from you people from humans the pastor brings in one new person the other nine are from the people in the congregation God planted the vineyard first to Israel then to Christ and this kingdom will be taken away from those who reject and betray Christ and will be given to those who will produce the fruits of of the kingdom are we producing the fruits of the kingdom the parable warns in a negative way what will take place from turning against christ we're not turning away from christ you're here every sunday well just about every sunday It, it used to be i don't know 25 years ago or so people were there every sunday now it's they say it's every other sunday that people come to, uh, to to church. Why is there this change? Why is there this this, this change? Uh, you know, and some people come because it's habit. What do you do on Sunday? Oh, I go to church on Sunday morning. In a positive way, the parable teaches us to be forewarned that the church will be under attack. We've only been away from the United Methodist Church for three months. That's all. Things may be coming our way. Because it's it's something, something new. They, the United Methodists, do not like the global Methodists. We're waiting to see what transpires at their conference next June when they had their first conference after everybody has disaffiliated. 42% of the churches in Western Pennsylvania disaffiliated, 42%. In Johnstown district, out of 71, 72 churches, 51 or 52 disaffiliated. I think that would be something like 70% or something like that. We're, We're in a circuit now with Johnstown, Evansburg, with 15 charges, which is 30 churches. I think they're all banned by a pastor. We'll find out on November November 5th when we have our, a, a, a combined service at Dunlow, And then afterward, we have the church charge conferences, which you need to be at. You need to approve the uh, uh, humongous uh, salary increase that was given to the pastor. It wasn't humongous. It was like 3% that's that's what the global church was asking, asking for and uh, maybe we'll have pictures for you that day since we'll be at the uh, of the uh, D&D animal rescue team
1: <laughs>
2: that's, that's Denton and Dan we, we have pictures of, of them I mean they pose real nicely for it all you can see is their rear end sticking out underneath of the, uh, of the tank uh, but they've successfully uh, rescued uh, Phil, and uh, Phil has not been in the basement since last Sunday. He's been upstairs, and he does not go downstairs into the uh, basement. He whines a lot about wanting to go out, and say, like, Phil, I can't let you go out. No. And go over there and sleep, and he goes over there and sleeps. So he's been, he's been a good, good cat with, uh, with that. But we've, we've started a new business, the D&D Animal Rescue. And people from Dunlow were were curious about what's going on up at the parsley because they saw two cars pull in and people go into the park. What's going on? So they knew about Phil even before I uh, before I, I I got there. But we ha- we have to be we have to be careful, we have to be prepared for the future. We have to be prepared for I, I've seen where the, leader that, the leadership that is in a, in, in, in a church is affecting the church in a negative way. I've seen that in Methodist churches. In a couple of my uh, appointments, where we got to get that person out of there somehow. we got to get somebody else in there. Don't, and they're elected by you. You elect them. If you want to know more about those those people, talk to them and find out where they stand. Because their their leadership could affect the church. Maybe we should recognize some of the all-too-familiar traits of pride among the current tenants of the vineyard. God has prepared everything we need for fruitful living. Our pride gets in the way of things. And it's sometimes we're not even aware of it. But it falls into the category of pride. It is the same pride that makes us vulnerable to the violence and judgment we have too often brought down upon ourselves. I'll get into this more at the meeting on November 5th when I have to present my vision for the church. It's, it's, not, it's a sort of a pastor's report like we had to do for the United Methodist Church, but now it's a vision. Do so I have to put my glasses on? I don't wear glasses. I have to put my goggles on, my binoculars, maybe that's what I should do. And check to, uh, I already know some of the things I'm, I'm uh, going to say. And it's a, uh, I don't know how to describe it yet. The blind and the lame, those too poor to buy the required offering for the temple, will be favored by God. This is the temple, where we are now. The judgment falls on the religious leaders as a response to their failure to produce the fruits of the kingdom. That was one reason why I asked to be moved. I didn't feel like I was producing any fruit. So I asked to be moved. And where do they move me to? Out here in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Am I producing fruit? You have to come on November 5th to find out the answer to that question when I present my vision. In the end, we should have no fear for the life and health of the church. What we have now and have experienced, if not our entire lives, at least most of our lives, the faith and belief in Jesus Christ, our Savior and his Father, is because of the grace and mercy of God himself. That's why we're here. That's why you're here. That's why you come every Sunday. God is in your life. He is directing you to come here on a Sunday morning. If we don't produce the fruit that he created for us, then we are in danger, as God has shown in the past, of it being taken away from us and given to others. America was always felt that it was blessed by God. It was always a Christian nation until President Barack Obama, I don't know if it was first term or second term, said that we're no longer a Christian nation. Uh, the Christians have the, the decline. The number of Christians have declined in America. But where are the new people? Where are the new people? Where are the new people you're bringing into the church? Where are they? They ain't in here. They're not in Beaverdale. They're not in Dunlow. And the pastor only brings in one. The other 90% comes from the members of the congregation. That's the truth that we should be experiencing. Or else, a few years from now, maybe a decade, maybe more, we'll be down to five or six people. And how are we going to do The bills aren't going to go down. The bills are going to go up. And it'll come down to a money decision, Unfortunately. But not if you bring, if we get more people in here. More people will mean more money. But it comes from unions, not from, not from me. Now, if they come in and they don't like me, well, that's something else. We'll tie them to the pews. But how could they not like me? Come on, come on, Jesus. Who are we kidding here, huh? But we have to act because time is running out. Let us pray. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower. And bread for the eater. So is God's word that we heard and shared today goes out from His mouth. It will not return to Him empty, but will accomplish what He desires and achieve the purpose for which He sent it. Amen. Let us now stand and sing what, what we all hope when we all get to heaven. Number five forty-two in the uh, in the hymnal. And we'll have a break before the last verse. the words of God heard here today and apply them to our situation here and now, before we find that the blessings we have are taken away and given to others. May we act before it's too late and time runs out. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us sing the last verse of our when we all get to heaven.